Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. so cool <laughs> what flavor is that oh you know i love cookie dough it's the only one i like is that your favorite benny jerry's flavor the only one i like ever really mm. i like the one with the cookie dough bites and the brownie chunks which one's that i don't like brownies do you know which one is that i kind of want to look that up it's the um like chunky monkey chunky monkey is the one with the walnuts and bananas Mm-mm-mm. i want them to make chunky monkey without the walnuts because i can't eat walnuts and brownie chunks i know and i don't really like eating nuts in other things i like nuts by themselves but like banana nut bread see i'm allergic to nuts so my opinion on this makes sense but like (laughs) thinking about someone sitting down like eating a handful of almonds what would possess you to do that okay my friend does that almonds i could understand like a little salty or a little chocolatey or something but like a handful of walnuts or like pecans or peanuts why are you doing that? One thing I was, I love pistachios. Okay, that I get because it's like you got to yes. peel. I saw someone eating them on the train and I was like, ew. But <laughs> specifically like peanuts, walnuts, pecans. I get them as like an addition to a food. But like why would you sit down with a bowl of them and just eat them? That's, that, that's weird. Walnuts, that's weird. And people always do it during Christmas time. People always give nuts as a gift. Like my mom, when I was, I don't know if anyone else can relate to this, but I feel like it was a common thing in my grade school. My parents made me give my teachers, yeah, right? Little jars, Cindy's nodding, little jars of like like candied pecans or walnuts or something, like my, spicy. My mom would mix peanuts and candy corn. Yeah. And they'd give it in like a like little like jar. For Christmas? <laughs> no. I was like. For Halloween. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I do you do you like candy corn? I like like one candy corn at a time. Just like in general, like uh, I want, like <laughs> I would only eat one. So I feel like if you have a lot of them, it could actually maybe send you into a coma. <laughs> they're so, I mean, they're, they're so sweet. Sugar. They're literally just orange sugar. 
I'm gonna get like the vibe. But no, I don't like candy like that. Yeah. I do I, like Crunch Bars and I like yeah. Kit Kats and I like Hershey's. And ooh, I love York. But I had York so often as a kid, I don't really know why, that I don't like them anymore. I really like salted caramel dark chocolate. And they're literally everything for no reason. Like, they'll be a perfectly normal freaking food, and they'll be like shaved pecans on top. Why? Just take them off. I don't know. <laughs> Just take them off. I love when you tell waiters, because Cindy and I go out to dinner a lot, I love when you tell the wait staff that... You are allergic to like nuts or cinnamon. And you're like, is there any way, because it only says here is that there's a cinnamon or a nut garnish, is there any way that that can be taken off? And they look you straight in the eyes and go, no. <laughs> I no, I got like, to the, the chef point. Gets personally offended. I got to the point where I just stopped telling waiters that I have a nut allergy because they'll either like forget to say something. Sorry, my phone. They'll forget to say something. Or they'll be like, oh, it's made in the same kitchen that a nut has ever lived in. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, if it's in the same oxygen, I'm not going to fucking pass out. Because, like, if you have a common allergy where it's, like, dairy or eggs or, like, shellfish, it'll I don't know why my mouth made that noise. <laughs> <laughs> the the, the it'll, saliva noise. It'll be, like, warning, contains shellfish. No one ever says, like, warning, contains cinnamon because it's not a common allergy. Yeah. And, in fact, when I found out I was allergic to cinnamon, I didn't even ingest it. I put a cinnamon roll, like the ones from Papa John's, on my leg, and I started swelling, and I was like, ew. Oh my god, I mean, I will never forget the one time I accidentally have, I have this habit of accidentally almost killing Sydney by yes, accident, because I forget her times. allergies, and this one time, me, her, and a couple of friends were at Svedka, which is actually a really good Ukrainian restaurant, we're in Midtown or something, and we went, and I fed her, like, force-fed her a piece of cinnamon cake because I was absolutely positive there was not cinnamon. Know, but mind you, I'm sitting across from her, and I can see the cinnamon from across the table. And I'm like, Sarah, does this have cinnamon? And she was like, no. I was like, taste it and tell me there's no cinnamon. She's like, there's not. I can see it. She's like, no, try it. She can also smell it, because cinnamon has a very distinct smell. Does it? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, <sorry. laughs> I will say, I made French toast without cinnamon, but I used Hawaiian rolls, and them... Thingies, I did burn them all, but they were so good. So we were talking about this place called Metro Diner in my hometown, Jacksonville. Um, I got lunch or dinner last night with people I went to kindergarten with, and it was so cute because Aww. we're all in the city now. And the way Jacksonville works, most people from my hometown, like if you go through the private school system, you'll start at there's like two or three like feeder elementary or current elementary schools, kindergarten school, whatever. And they'll feed into, like, two middle schools that you go through high school with. So, like, half of them I knew since... I've known all of them since kindergarten, but half of them I went to school with, like, K through 12. The other half, K through 6th grade. So, like, the last time I had seen them, I was literally 10 years old. And started speaking, and I was like, ew, your voice is jobs. And they were like, yes, because I'm not 10 years old anymore. <laughs> but it's kind of blowing my mind. They were, like, talking like this. And I was like, that makes you very uncomfortable. I do not have a lot of people who I grew up with living in the city, but this one girl is moving to Hoboken this summer, and we were really close in high school, and I actually, I mean, she's one of the girls from my high school who I don't literally despise at this point, um, and her name is Emma, and I'm so excited to hang out with her and stuff, because she's moving to Hoboken, but I don't know, I don't have a lot of people moving around in the area, and I feel like, because my boyfriend went to Colgate, I feel like he has so many friends who live in Manhattan, because... Everybody from Colgate just moves to Manhattan afterwards. He just knows everybody in the city. Like, I went to undergrad in the city. Yeah, baby, we went to NYU. <laughs> no, no, but if you think about it, so many people from NYU transferred or moved after graduation. Like, yeah. you and maybe three other people are the only people I know who didn't transfer. So, or not even transfer, just like who didn't move to another place. So, that's really cool 
that you have so many people who live in the city because I wish I had that. It's just like weird because like the last time I saw them, I had a unibrow. And I mean, I probably still do. But no, you definitely don't. <laughs> I haven't gotten my eyebrows done since literally prom. They look great. Thank you. I shaved them. Since prom in high school? Since prom in high school. I thought you were talking about law school Actually, prom. no, I'm definitely lying. Oh. I went a couple times. Hey. There you go. <laughs> okay, speaking of news. No, that was actually news. Okay. Um, I just... Speaking of the thing we actually want to talk about. No, literally. All my friends are rewatching or starting for the first time Sex in the City because I am making them. And it's so funny watching it because I remember when I watched it the first time, I was like, ew, unfortunately, I'm so much like Carrie and I actually can't stand Carrie. You have all of her endearing qualities. She has none. Yeah, she has so many. Name, name, name one. She's loyal as a friend. She's hilarious. And she's so smart. And she's a writer. She's Girl, she would use her rent checks to buy shoes that she would and keep in her oven. And she's a And she's a relationship girl. Yeah. A girl. She was a man for 10 years who left her at the <laughs> altar and she still chose to marry him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. No, but that doesn't mean she doesn't have any good quality. I like Carrie. No, I, I actually, like the more I rewatch it, the more I actually can't stand her. Like, her friends will be going through, like, the worst moments of their life. And she'll be like, guys, wait. I don't like the shoes I'm wearing. Remember that episode, but, you know, the producers and the writers called her out for it because they specifically crafted an episode where they sat Carrie down with all of her friends and Samantha, Miranda, and Charlotte were like, we're not your therapist. Go do something else. But then she did. And I think Carrie, what another good thing about Carrie is she had the biggest character arc and development throughout the series, except the first movie when she took a huge step back. That's it. Do you think that she really developed? Because I just watched <laughs> yeah. the second movie and she's exactly the same, actually. Um, the one I, where they go to Abu Dhabi? That's the most offensive, so offensive movie I've actually ever seen. I don't mean to laugh. It's actually really offensive. Even in Just Like That, though, she's still awful. Okay, in Just Like That, I have so many qualms because I love Sex in the City despite the fact that there's actually no black people on that show at all. Like, they literally were like, they don't exist. There's actually one episode. And there's like one extra. so offensive because when um, one of them, I think Sam dates a black guy. Yeah, and then his like, oh like my sister. God, yeah. It's his anatomy. Heat. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> that was an awful episode. And then the movies, also not really any. So then in Just Like That, they're like, hey, let's try and correct everything that was wrong with the first seasons but put all of those issues into miranda's character yes let's take miranda homophobic biphobic transphobic but then racist, also bisexual but also somewhat queer. i mean you can be biphobic and bisexual but still and she's no longer a redhead so i was like when i come i gotta relate to her i mean i'm not a redhead but you know i have a spiritual connection to redheads We've yeah oh and the white savior complex which you mentioned literally yeah. so funny oh but God. like why is it all on miranda it's i don't all know of it. but kim control is coming back Chance, our roommate, has not seen Sex in the City, and we are trying to push it in her noggin so bad to start watching the show because I know she would love it. I'm so excited. I saw that Kim Gattrall was coming back to Just Like That. I knew it. First of all, I told everybody that they teased her coming back for a reason. There is no reason. They, the producers would not have had Carrie texting Samantha at Big's funeral if she was not going to come back on the show. And no, I knew they it. Ha- but they everybody had- tried to tell me. Everybody tried to tell me. And I just want to say, I'm always right. No, but they would have had to do that anyway because it wouldn't have made sense for them not to be... They weren't close, obviously, in the show. But I think she was closest to her. Like, she's supposed to be her maid of honor. So I think they had to have a moment there. Mm. My thing, though, is... You know HBO. I, I, I need... To, I don't just want to know. I need to know how many zeros were on that check to bring Kim Cattrall back. Because HBO got, they got money, money. They got, I don't even know what kind of money. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, this, so there's like so many different theories as to why they don't 
or why like they don't like each other. Like, yeah. There's actually if you like there's like a thread on Twitter and every single comment has a different theory. Like no one knows the actual real story. But what we do know is that when Kim Cattrall's brother passed away, Sarah Jessica Parker like sent her condolences over Instagram, I guess and not personally, and Kim Cattrall's like take them back. I don't know how much money would make you want to work with that person again, but like that's crazy. And also like they gave Sam like she's my favorite character. They gave eh, maybe Charlotte. Eh, maybe Sam. Both of them. Anyway. And Miranda. <laughs> actually, all of them but Carrie. But I love Carrie. I actually can't stand Carrie. She's like everything I hate about people in one person. And oh, I liked her. Oh, and her bob in season five. Okay, yeah. Anyway. That was tragic. And her hair in season one when they didn't have that HBO budget. Yeah. <laughs> when they didn't have hairspray. Oh, my gosh. And they gave Sam and I guess kind of Miranda all of like the really demeaning character story arcs and storylines and all of the nude scenes are also like very degrading but they got paid the least so that's kind of why I'm kind of confused but I do hope that the season is better and that it's not as problematic it, like it was written by people who don't have social media but hear things and think that's how people interact with each other so that was a little bit weird but I hope the writing is better and I hope that they don't make Sam the worst and I hope that since Aiden's back and I love Aiden that um things work out for her um, like, i think her and aiden should end up together honestly a little bit i, I think they should end up together and if you ever want to know if you've grown as a person watch sex in the city like a couple years apart if you don't hate carrie i'm telling you i don't know like i used to love carrie and i think not even just carrie but if you like to carry and big together because like me i love you know i loved big I don't like his, him as a person anymore because all the stuff that happened. But as a character, I used to love him. She talk. likes Big, not Chris Noth. <laughs> yes, because I liked him. I thought he was cute, but I hated his suits. But re-watching, I realized I only liked Big because I was also with the toxic man who would not commit to me. And I hoped that maybe in 10 years he would change. But I realized that... That was a buzzer statement, Sydney. Yeah. I realized I liked Big because he was exactly like my ex, except for my ex wasn't rich or honestly looked like Big or had a penthouse apartment or would send limos for me. But anyway, um, I think that we were rooting for them because we wanted him to change. But that man was 40. He was not going to change. And if a man left me at the altar and sit in, like, the whole, like, thing about him, like, sending her poems to say, like, I'm sorry, he didn't even write the poems. They were, like, Beethoven. That, to me, is not romantic. And it's like, if it takes someone hurting you that many times over the period of 10 years for them to realize they want to be with you, then you should not be with that person. And I, I think that rewatching Sex and the City a second time after being out of a toxic relationship, I have a completely different outlook on Big, Big and Carrie's relationship, but also how much I cannot stand Carrie. Also, she was not a fashion icon. I will say that wholeheartedly. It was Sam. I, I agree. I disagree that Carrie's a bad character. I think that she's misguided. But I don't think... I think she has some very good lessons to teach. Does that make sense? Yes. And I think that she's really fun-loving and really intelligent and sweet and cute, whatever. But I, I don't... I really dislike how Carrie is the most hated character. But I understand why. And I think that the a lot of the lessons that she's trying to teach us... Um, how can I put this? The lessons that she's trying to teach us episode by episode you should never listen to but i think her character arc like literally her character arc is something to pay attention to it's an example you can learn from her because she's the example of what not to do in a relationship yeah do you think she ever found redemption like her character so far like ever redemption meaning what like not an awful person i well i never thought she was an awful person i think that she was very misguided in her relationship and she was given a lot of bad advice 
So I think like her Sex in the City column, that's not the greatest advice that she was giving women. Overall, the message I think was, uh, had the right intent. It's like that book that we reviewed. I think overall she had the right intentions. But now, of course, as very modern women, you know, watching the series in 2023, a series that was filmed in like the 1990s, it does seem very outdated. And yeah, I don't think she ever found redemption in that sense. But I do think... I'm going to just go by my previous statement. I think that watching her is a good, like watching her love life, for example. And often sometimes that she treated her friends as loyal as she was is a good example of what not to do. Yeah. It was crazy to me that like, like Carrie, like. So no, short answer. Yes. Because like, it'd be like the end of the world if like Carrie bought, like couldn't find a pair of shoes or like. Yeah. Left her for the 900th time. Do you think she found redemption? No. Yeah. That's why I don't like her anymore. But I used to like her because I was like her. But <laughs> I've learned. Um, like one of her I've always have, thought you were more of a Charlotte than you were a Carrie, though. To yeah, be I love Charlotte. Mm. I think Charlotte's probably the mm, maybe Charlotte. I think Charlotte is the best character. She's like the most loyal friend, and like even though she had the same idea as Carrie, where she wants like Mary Rich and like all this stuff. Like in the end, she ended up with someone who was like perfect for her, and like she went through her whole like infertility issues. Sam went through cancer, obviously. Miranda's like figuring out her sexuality. She got cheated on like by her husband, like all this stuff. But like Carrie's issue was like, oh my god, big left for the ninth hundredth time. I think Samantha was the best character yeah. overall because she just has, I think, a, a very different lifestyle than the average woman, which I think a lot of people can't relate to. And I'm just being honest. Like I think most women don't undergo her specific lifestyle sexually, yeah. but. In just in that is kind of what I did for numerous years. So I think not only can I relate to her the most, but the way she treats her friends, the way that remember when Miranda had it wasn't even like a wedding; it was just kind of like a ceremony because Miranda was very not about the whole big white wedding situation. Yeah. Samantha did not want to ruin her day, literally because she had cancer, which is a huge thing. Yeah. And yeah, I just think she was the most loyal friend, and even when she didn't really believe in monogamy she knew when it was right with smith even though they didn't end up together overall she knew what was best for her at the time i think she was just very very street smart and that's what i admire most about samantha i'll say the same i feel like she stayed the most true to who she was like even if she did find someone like um smith yeah jared yeah. smith yeah that like was so good to her and like so attentive she realized that like no matter if they were perfect or not like it just wasn't what she wanted out of life or like what she needed and I respect her for that. I hope she got with Hot Neighbor. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.
Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty System for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. I found this TikTok, which I would love to get your opinion on. So this woman, I'm not going to play it because copyright, but this woman went on a podcast. I think her name is Brené Brown. I think I'm pronouncing that right. She went on the podcast with Tim Ferriss, and I don't know what the podcast is, but those are the correct names. Everyone says marriage should be 50-50. It's the biggest crock of bullshit I've ever heard. It's never 50-50, ever. And so what we do is we quantify where we are at the time. So if Steve comes home, her husband, and, she, and if he's like, I got 20, just an energy investment, kindness, patience, he had a really bad day at work, I'm at a 20. And she'll be like, I'll cover you. I got your brother. I'll pull the 80. Um, sometimes we come home, which we have done a lot. My mom has been sick, her mom. And she'll say, I've got 10. And her husband goes, like two days ago, said, I'm writing a solid 25 they know that they have to sit down at the table anytime that they have less than 100% combined and figure out a plan of kindness toward each other because they don't both have like 20 and 80 or 80 and 20. They have to like figure it out if they're at like a 10 and a 25. Does that make sense? She says, because the thing is marriage is not something that's 50-50. A partnership works when you can carry their 20 or if they can carry your 20. And that when you both just have 20, you have a plan where you don't hurt each other. Does that make sense? I agree, and I feel like that's one thing that's wrong with relationships now is that, one, I don't know if it's because of, like, social media or because of, like, or, like, the first generation to grow up with, like, so many movies and television shows and books that are, like, centered on romance. Because, like, obviously there was that in the past, but, like, we have it on demand. And then on, on top of that, when it comes to social media, like, the quote-unquote couples people follow we're obsessed with their lives and all we see is a highlight reel of it so we assume like that's what a perfect relationship is i think that is the reason why so many relationships aren't successful especially with our generation is because our expectations are not reality you know and i feel like no person's ever at 100 percent. there's it doesn't matter even in friendships you know like we talked about this before in one of the episodes where it's like sometimes i'm able to give 25 percent because of things that happen with me personally and, like, that's what I'm able to offer. I can't try and offer more. I can't – I won't try to offer less. But like, that's what I'm coming to the table with. And I feel like in relationships, that's a conversation that has to be had or understood between two people to make it work is that, like, I can't be 100% doting girlfriend, perfect, want to do everything and anything at any given moment because I'm not, like, a blank canvas. I come with my own past, baggage, stress, etc. So I think being – conversational about that and like coming to the table with that will make you more successful than not well because and kind of to relate to the topic because today we are talking about burnout etc I think that everybody gets burnout 
all the time. Doesn't really matter the scenario, profession wise, just like in life in general. And your partner should be able to kind of take on that extra. I mean, because that is what it really, I think just in my eyes or in my words, I would say like in my specific verbiage, I would say that is still giving 50 50 though. Like not exactly in exact percentages, but I think it's still half and half. Part of being like in an equal partnership is being able to give less and expecting your partner to give more or like requiring your partner to give more. To me, that's still 50-50. Does that make sense? Because they can expect the same from you. So that's still like an equal relationship. I can just tell, like I'll see the most harmless video ever that's like, for example, I saw a video where someone I know from the law school, I'm trying to be on the podcast. She was, she's like, has a popular like dating advice TikTok. And mm. God, why is my hair so frizzy? Um, <laughs> and she was like, women shouldn't have to like follow these arbitrary rules or like change their personalities or the way they talk or the way they dress to kind of try to appease a man because once you get them, you have to keep that act up. That's just not who you are. So why would you want to be with someone who doesn't mask. want you for what you are? Yeah. And the girls come to like, oh my God, you just hate ultra feminine women. You hate women who like to dress a certain way and like want to be classy and blah. Obviously, that shook a core with you personally, and that's why you have such a, a like a visual reaction. But like, guess what? She's not talking about you. Like the way that, kind of like the way that you interpret or bring your own history to, like that kind of commentary. Like that's a very personal thing. And like, I would take a moment to think, why is this making me so emotional? Because she's speaking to you. Like that is your situation exactly. You know, mm-hmm. if you're getting so like offended by it. So like, for example, like. So there has, so in my past relationship, like he was taking the bar, for example, like while I was finishing my junior year of undergrad, the bar is something you have to study for 19 hours or 24 hours of the day. Like you don't work during your time of studying for the bar. You study all day, every day. It's like you're basically not even taking the LSAC, it's not something really comparable, but like that's something that like becomes your life for the entire time until you take the bar exam and you pass it. And I knew that going into that, like, I can't expect him to take me on dates every week and call me every day and text me all day and respond all day and whatever. I knew that, like, in during that time period, it's not going to be 50-50. Like, I'm going to have to bring more if I want to keep this relationship up. And that's a choice that I had to make. So I think that's what she means in terms of, like, 50-50. And, like, even, like, for me personally, like, the last six months, like, I was extremely depressed. I had health issues. Like, I was not in a place to in my opinion, be asking percentage from anyone, you know? And it's like, I knew that if I was in a relationship, it wouldn't be 50-50. It wouldn't be 70-30. Like, I had to prioritize things that were not my partner. So I made the conscious choice to not ask anyone to do that and to instead focus all of my energy on me. And I feel like, while that was my personal choice, if you're in a marriage, you can't really choose to do that unless you want to get divorced, you know? So I feel like it's more so a personal choice to be okay with not being 50-50 or like having to give more effort or energy to your partner if that's what you want to do. So I don't think necessarily it's like a rule where you have to do this, this, and this. It's a personal choice as to whether or not your connection or your love for that person is strong enough or worth having to give more, you know, if you have more to give, et cetera. Renee's verbiage was amazing and I think she gave fantastic advice. But um, when I looked at the comments, I just saw like what we were literally just saying. A lot of people took it the wrong way. I think it just really struck a chord with them in their personal lives, like you said. When you give advice, it's, you don't have to take people's advice. Exactly. People are coming to you with their own experiences. And like, obviously, this person doesn't know every single situation out there. And if your situation is toxic, people are draining you, then leave. Like, it's very simple. If what she's saying is striking a chord with you so badly that you have to get like visceral in her comments, 
take a step back and realize why you're getting so mad and it's because you're stuck in that situation. Yeah. That's toxic version of it. You know? Yes. And I think that it is also important if you want to have a conversation about giving 20, receiving 80, giving 80, receiving 20, that you also mention, which is what we really try to do on the podcast, you also mention what it is like when you only do get 20 and how to deal with that and if that is the relationship for you. Um, because there is scenarios like you just mentioned, you have something going on, you're studying for the bar. You are going through a state in your life where you can only give 20. There's stuff like that. And then there's also just, he's not that into you. Or she's not that into you. They're not that into you. You need to call it, stuff like that. And like, I'll be honest. I don't think any relationship is ever 50-50. Like in any given moment. Even, even in like the healthiest relationship of all time, nothing is ever 50 That's what she said, yeah. Yeah. I very strongly agree with that. Mm. Even in like any perfect situation, like that's just the way life is. You know, something's always happening. I think that a relationship can be equal and not 50-50 at the same time. I think those means in my mind completely different things. So it's like you can have an equal relationship where you both play equal roles of respect, loyalty, trust, kindness, generosity, et cetera. The really core values that we talk about, like the husband list. And then I think that, you know, there can be specific situations where it's not 50-50. And in that, it's not 50-50, but... I agree. I think they're. I think they're separate. I think that fifty yeah. fifty is not necessarily about character or values. It's about energy or morals. Yeah, they're totally separate. I love that conversation. I think it's so good to have because a lot of people. I just saw how many people took her advice the wrong way, and I it really made me want to have a conversation about it because I was like, I just don't think that's what she meant at all. But it was just really interesting to see how ninety nine point nine 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 percent of people in the comments took that and just ran and reached so far with it. It's really interesting. But that's TikTok for you, you know? That's why I answer Oprah TikTok comments. I'm like, oh, Lord. Yeah, <laughs> here we go. It'll be, it'll be like, I like ice cream. Some I like cookies. Okay, no one asked you. Yeah. Like, this is this person's opinion, you know? I saw also one girl do a, like, here's how much coffee I have in a day TikTok. She's like, oh, as a coffee addict, like, here's why I get coffee, like, every day. And someone was like, oh, my God, this is what I did when I have an eating disorder, like, blah, blah, blah. And they just, like, took it in a whole different direction. It's just interesting. Not that they're wrong, but it's just interesting to see where the comments can take things and how that changes the whole tenor of the video. Because in my opinion, comments are just as important as a video on TikTok. That's why I just delete comments. <laughs> I'm like, this is not for you, clearly. So, goodbye. Do you block the comments or do you just delete them? I just delete them. Nice. Yeah. That's good. People love to say their opinions on things. Yeah. So, you know, it's great. We're in a free country. But, like, I'm not America. I'm Sydney. I don't want to comments at all. <laughs> Quote of the episode, I'm not America. I'm Sydney. So, I, frankly, I don't care about your opinion. But bringing it back to the topic, I think that if you are going to kind of put that, keep that mask on of always, um, like, catering to the other person, like you were just talking about constantly, like, 24-7, that can give you burnout as well. So, like, while you have to cater to the other person's burnout in a relationship you also have to consider your own burnout and like if you are masking because masking like no matter what other um like mental stuff you have going on masking is a really real thing in relationships because it's like you know once you get to a certain point are you just gonna live like this forever and that can give you burnout in itself and the topic that we're talking about is actually burnout slash hustle culture yeah that's like for the last my entire life since like high school I've never like only been doing one thing like I'm doing school I'm working I'm doing sports I'm doing creative stuff I'm doing a podcast etc to a point where it's like I'm at a time in my life where like priority wise a relationship is not in my priority list because like I'm focused on my career I'm focused on school I'm focused on providing for myself I'm focused on like side projects that I'm doing to the point where it's like 
I know that like I can't be the kind of girl and I do admire people that can do it where I can just put a man first in my life I mean I don't think I'll ever want to put a man first in my life because I'm but I'm not in a place where I can like put things that I want or I need or I'm striving for aside like I'm always gonna be someone that aspires to something I'm not gonna be comfortable like being baseline about my career to focus on a man I'm just not that kind of person and so like obviously like your first year of law school is like the hardest and like I worked throughout my first year of law school more than one job at least the first semester and uh, at the same time like job hunting and all this stuff providing for myself family stuff health issues etc so it's like I knew I my brain just like like everything came to a halt because I think I was trying to put too much on my plate at once and like I wasn't able to prioritize things in the way that I needed and like and I'm at a point finally where like I am able to like readjust and realize like I don't need to do anything like yes I'm a person who like is guided by aspirations like I'm never gonna be comfortable just doing like one job like I wasn't working towards like next level or like other things or like trying to balance more than one thing that's just my personality and so I think I'm finally in a place where like I can't take a step back or a break and like focus on one or two things and I can add things to my plate like a relationship but like even like starting to date now, like going on dates, I let men know you are not going to be my priority. Like that's just not the kind of person that I am. Like I'm not going to put things aside for a relationship. Like I think women are kind of expected to put things aside to want to support a man and like have a family and things like that. And like while I do want that, I do want a long-term relationship again. Like I do want to aspire to marriage and kids and things like that. I also want to aspire to like my own career goals, my own personal goals. And like right now, law school comes first for me. And so while I do want to be with someone, they need to understand that, like, I'm not going to be at their beck and call, you know? Like, I have other things going on for me. I'm not put that inside for a relationship with a person I don't know. You know? One thing that my boyfriend and I vehemently agree on is relationships are a lot about being realistic. Because when you're not realistic and you really rely on that fantasy or the romance 24-7 in a relationship, that is so unsustainable. It might feel good in the moment, but that can absolutely give to an uneven balance of give and take where it just completely ruins you, exhausts you, just feels like you are absolutely always the one giving, giving, giving. Um, I'll give an example. In one of my last relationships, my ex, for context, I don't really know if I want kids. I don't want any pets. I want to live in New York City. I'm a very independent, lively zesty energetic person and my ex was not like that at all and whenever we would talk about the future together um it would always have marriage pets children living in the suburbs as the main four focal points in the relationship and we would talk about that and I would always kind of bring it up hoping he would change his mind but he never did because that's not the type of person he is and I can respect him for that but that means that he is not the person for me that doesn't necessarily mean that he is my soulmate And deciding on that was a very realistic thing. Yes, it broke my heart. Yes, I was absolutely in love with him. But I was avoiding years and years and years of burnout and just giving because I knew what was right for me. And I was being realistic for, like, myself. And I think that that's something that a lot of people should look at in terms of long distance and long-term relationships and, like, future prospects. Because a lot of people don't want to get married. And a lot of people don't want what you were just saying, those standard things that often happen in marriages and um a lot of women in particular I can speak for a lot of us I think don't necessarily want that typical I'm gonna take your last name I'm gonna have eight of your babies and I'm gonna get three you know rovers and live on a farm for the rest of my life a lot of women don't want that you know we have our own individual personalities 
burnout is also very real in that sense too, where you can just always be like, you're just exhausting yourself and that can, that's an unsustainable completely. I agree, especially cause I don't know really what it is. I think at the most like psychologically subconscious level, there's this like weird competitive thing about social media where it's like my senior year of undergrad, I was working three jobs while doing my thesis while applying to law school and while doing like my last semester of college. And I would always mention that in my TikTok videos, people would comment like, oh my God, I'm so proud of you. Like you were balancing so much. And it's like, for me, I felt pride in people being proud of me. Like I didn't know because I was taking on so much. And while I'm like glad to have had those opportunities because they did like shape me into like the student and worker and like whatever that I am now, it's like this need to always be doing more. I feel like it's so debilitating because a lot of people like do take a break before going to law school or like go straight into a career instead. And I think that having so much on my plate and then going straight into like the hardest year of school I've ever done, like I burn out so I even know where to touch that. Like. I think because I was always wanting to do more to like, not necessarily impress myself, but to impress other people. Because for me, it's like, they'll respect me more. Cause I already know like walking into a room, like I am a black woman, like I'm already gonna be seen as like less intelligent, less whatever, like whatever. So being able to like bring those like accolades into a conversation, make me feel like I'm more impressive or like people will respect me more. But at the same time, like, is that worth it being at the expense of my mental health, you know? And it's like, even on social media now, like, some people that I follow are like, I'm a lawyer and a content creator and an artist and a dreamer and a dancer. And like, those things are so cool, but I feel like there's such a pressure to always be doing more, not even in terms of like climbing up like a certain career path, but like having to do 50 things at one time and show that you can do all those in one day where it's like, that might be great and impressive, but is that sustainable? So I feel like this weird like hustle culture that we're in, where like you always have to have like a side project or like start your own company, like all this stuff, it's like, while that does work for some people and that is great, it's like, I think we should be talking more about, sorry, birth control. <laughs> more about how we can make being young more sustainable. Cause I'm like, we're 23 years old. Why are we working four jobs? You know, like some of us are 22, 23, 24. Slash. <laughs> Um, Sydney loves to say she's 23. No, and people, people keep asking me how old I am. I'm like, I'm definitely 23 or 24. I just like 22 is like, ugh. I don't think I've ever said I'm 22 before. I think also because that's that Taylor Swift song and I can't stand Taylor Swift. So. Really? I actually can't stand her. Did you see that TikTok where she swallowed a bug on her Eras tour? I, I thought it was really Anytime funny. I see anything about that tour on my For You page, I block the person and she's not interested. I actually love Taylor Swift's old music, but I don't think I like her as a person necessarily in terms of like the like fake feminist politician thing. I just, I don't really vibe with it. Yeah. But there's just one TikTok that was actually so funny and it's like this black girl and she was like me trying to like Taylor Swift and there's like a song playing in the background and she was like, I'm skipping through the forest and my mind is on this boy and it's mesmerizing <laughs> and debilitating and it's mesmerizing. And I, it literally killed me because like, the one thing I don't like about, I love her old music, but like her new music, she uses such a word, like big words that have nothing to do with what the sentence is about. And it just really bothers me. I don't know what it is. And also it didn't make any big sense to me. Like, why are you always wandering through a forest, girl? Yeah. And so, you live in New York, you live on Cornelia Street. There is no forest around. Like, I don't know. One thing about Taylor Swift is she's always on a park bench in the forest or- Thinking to myself, hey, isn't this- Okay, I will say, I will say- when speaking or now, in her room. She's either in her room too. Okay. 
when Speak Now TV comes out, maybe I will listen to it. Because I like Speak Now and like those eras of albums. The most recent ones, I don't know. I, just can't, I really can't get into it. I and really... that's Speak Now. And like there's like all the like bracelet trading and like people threatening her exes. Like you all are, you are th- in your mid 30s. You're grown women. Let's leave these men alone. Like they dated for two weeks. She's over it, I think. I hope. Maybe not. Maybe. But yeah, I don't know. I certainly vibe. Anyway, the better era tour is Renaissance, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think that like, and I don't know why. When I think about hustle culture, I think about SoundCloud. I don't really know why. Because I feel like every man's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a hustler. You have a SoundCloud or you have a Spotify. They have a SoundCloud and they also own like a promoter business. business. You know, I, I love that for them. I don't, personally. That's all I have to say. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. The wait is over. The Shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/TheShy to get a fifty percent discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July fourteenth. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's full regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty System for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. I think there is a different kind of um, burnout culture that has a lot to do with going out. And I know that a lot of our high school and college and lower 20s audience can relate to because I was in that era, a lot of college. I'm a big going out person. I love to dance and I love to fill up my weekends with every single thing that I possibly can because I do have a nine to five. So any like, and you know, Sydney has her nine to five class routine. I mean, her class routine is more like 7 a.m. to friggin'. 9 p.m. But anyway, I digress. We really like to unwind and stuff whenever we can. But that relaxing and unwinding does manifest in different ways for different people. And for me, a lot of it has to do with going out, hanging with my friends, going out to dinner, getting makeup on, going. And that takes a lot of energy as extroverted as I am and as extroverted as Sydney are. I know that we take a lot of energy to go to these things and to just like keep it going, keep it going as much as we can. Also, that's just our personality. Like I feel like as much as Cindy and I do value our independence and relaxation time, we also really try to fill up our social calendars as much as possible. And that can 
really take a toll on you as much as you like going out and as healthy as you might go out. I think that there's also something really, really good and healing about just being by yourself in your room, watching your favorite TV show, listening to your favorite music, doing a little like yoga routine, drinking a fuck ton of water and just like being with yourself and just hanging around your own space. I think it's really, really healing for anybody, like no matter what your personality is. And I know for me, I just had a tragedy in my life recently where one of my closest friends unfortunately passed away due to cancer and it was a big shock. I had no idea it was coming. And the first thing I wanted to do to handle it, which is how I handle most, you know, traumatic things in my life, whether it's breakups or deaths or friendship breakups, whatever, is to just distract myself. And a lot of that contains going out. And I know, like, I was talking to my roommate Chance about this and we were kind of bonding over our losses and just kind of, like, talking about our grief journey. Because for me, there's a difference between grief and mourning. And we were talking about our mourning periods and how we handled our grief And I think that while it is okay to kind of give yourself grace and let yourself go a little bit in the moment or in like that week, or I would say give yourself a certain amount of time. And then after that, you do have to realize that like the person who you might have lost wanted better for you. Like they didn't want you to change your entire life because they're gone or they're not a part of your life anymore, regardless of the situation. Um, So I guess like that took a more morbid turn, but in terms of that, just because like that's just what happened to me recently. Yeah, I think a lot of people talk about identifying burnout or like how they have burnout but not really how to heal from it yeah and like sometimes it isn't something we really can really heal from just because of the culture that we live in yeah. but like for me for the last like six months like i said like it has been a really hard time and the one thing i identified that i felt like i could have used as like a healing method or what people kind of pressure you to use as a healing method was drinking and i went so pretty much i would say super curious um like half sober to a point where i just like i don't like drinking and i know that like i yeah i'll have a cocktail about with my friends but like it's never been something that i've relied on i didn't want that to change just because like i was at a point where like i was so stressed out and it came to a point where people were like oh my god I'd like to have like a cocktail let's go out to like take the edge off but like for me that doesn't take an edge off like pounding my body with alcohol and like sweating it out for a night and then waking up, those and also problems. feeling nauseous, the hangover, the headaches, the you know, the anxiety. It's not fun. Like me downing six drinks and feeling like shit is not gonna is only gonna make things worse for me. So it's like I knew that I was going through a rough time. Like things were probably only gonna get worse for a while. So I just stopped drinking, and I cannot tell you how much better I felt. One, I wasn't wasting money every time I went out, but two, like I learned how to go out with my friends who are drinking and getting drunk and like having fun. And knowing that I can have a good time without having to buy alcohol. There's so much power in that. Yeah. And it's like, I'm at a point now where, like, I'll go out with my friends, like, four nights in a row and I'll have one drink and I feel fine. You know? Like, I don't feel a pressure to, like, start drinking more. And I think that there needs to be a bigger conversation about that. Because even on, like, I'll open TikTok and every single thing is a joke about, like, getting drunk. Understanding that and realizing, like, it is okay to not want to, like, get plastered because you're stressed. It's such a big thing. Or, like, doing drugs, things like that. Like... If I'm going through something bad or, like, going through something that requires, like, mental energy, I'd rather sit in my room, have darkroom time for three days, and, like, just be really depressed and eat shit and cry my eyes out and, like, feel my way through it than trying to suppress it and suppress it and suppress it by going out and, like, clubbing and things like that than having to, like, face that reality for extended more, extended period of time because I never addressed it in the first place. So even though, like, I do love going out, I love New York, I love being social, and, like, I will be social, and I will 
force myself to get out of bed so I'm not stuck in that like dark place. I'm like very much a proponent of not relying on things or substances or certain kinds of lifestyles to try and get you through things. When what you really need is to feel the things, go to therapy, talk to someone about it, etc. Because you're only kind of prolonging your own healing. So I think in terms of like burning out, going to clubs and spending more energy outside when I can just be in my bed sleeping does not help me. Um, pounding my pounding drinks back until I'm drunk does not help me. And it's definitely figuring out myself throughout college and throughout law school to figure that out. But I just want to sit at home with popcorn, watch a movie, relax, and not have to like use energy sometimes. And I think it's okay to do both, and we don't talk about that enough. I completely agree. I think realizing when you have a dependence on something or you're just going out for a weekend of fun is a really, really, really important distinction to make and something that I know I struggled a lot with during college, like being in a sorority and having a lot of social friends going out to rooftops and bars and nightclubs specifically specifically nightclubs like the nightclubbing scene in new york i'm not talking about the bar scene like the relaxed cute little lounge couches you sit at a bar and like have happy hour and oysters i'm not talking about that i'm talking about clubbing until 4 a.m because i have too many friends who do that It, it seems like you're trying to compensate for something and get over something just in the completely wrong way and it was uh, someone who did that during their college years and who definitely struggled with that after my um like one of my best friends died I think that being able to look in the mirror for me was the hardest part and being like you don't want this to happen to you again because freshman year of college I did have a traumatic incident happen to me as well so like I know how I handled that and I regret almost every moment of how I handled that so looking myself in the mirror after something bad just recently happened to me and saying to myself, I don't want to go clubbing every night, go to a bar by myself on a random Tuesday at 4 p.m. Like, that's not who I am. That's not what I want. It's not healthy for my body. And that's not healthy for my mental health. And just, like, being able to say, I didn't handle this correctly before. I'm on the track of not handling this correctly this time. And being able to completely switch my behavior was not only one of the biggest turning points of my life, but also something that I know like my friend would have been proud of. And I think that like that is honestly something that helped me get through it a lot too. So that brings me to another point is your support system. Cause I know obviously you cannot depend on other people to make you happy, but it is a very big part of like your situation. I know having a big support system for me changed my life. Like my two roommates, my family, my boyfriend, my even just like my coworkers. When my friend died, my coworkers who I didn't even talk to before were, you know, texting me being like, I'm so sorry for your loss. Can I do anything for you? And it was just like the amount of love that I had was completely overwhelming. And that honestly helped me in my journey of self-understanding. Um, and I think, yeah, choosing the right people in your life, because that is a conscious choice most of the time. Choosing the right people in your life is also really important because like Sydney was saying earlier to kind of just tie it all back in a big bow, burnout is not just um, something you can experience with relationships, something you can experience with work, with friends, and with a toxic um, environment that you have with other people around you. And I think that choosing like the right people can make a world of difference because times are going to get rough. Life sucks and it's unfair. And having people around you who not only understand that, but who know you and can help you get through it is just – it changed my entire life it's really important and like um on top of having a good support system and just like realizing when you do have too much on your plate and like how to offload that I think obviously another big one is self-care but like I cannot emphasize this enough and I think it took me a long time to realize this as well is because I would be I would always think that self-care meant like 
doing my hair and putting makeup on and doing or a taking face a bubble mask. bath and doing a bath bomb. Yeah, and, and I was like, <laughs> okay, mask is on. I still feel like shit. So <laughs> I think I finally realized that while yes, those things are forms of self care, self care is not putting a face mask on and a foot mask if that's a thing and slippers it's you've done a foot mask before i had that shit was disgusting <laughs> my feet were making like potato chips like the I skin that came off your foot ill no my foot still looked like shit so i'm like it's because i danced so my feet have like so many calluses people but clicked on this episode to listen about burnout and self-care and they got my feet potato chips yeah. ew and then my old roommate would play with them and she was yes, crunching them ew, i was like please don't so do that gross. ew um but yeah self-care i think what self-care really is, is taking the time that you were investing in other people, in other situations, in your relationship, in your friendships, in work, in the time that's like depleting your energy and refocusing all of that onto yourself. So instead of taking all the mental time, I was thinking about people, guys that I'm dating or a fight that I had or this assignment I'm like stressing about. Taking the time to stop sitting in my bed worrying about that and redirect all of that time and energy towards myself. Whether that meant watching a movie and just relaxing whether that meant going on a walk, or that meant spending money on myself and not these men. Things like that, I feel like, are more so restorative in terms of self-care than, like, putting a face mask on. Right. And also to that tone, which Sydney and I talk about on the podcast a lot, is it's important to move your body and be healthy and engage in healthy habits. But it is also equally as important to listen to your body, whether that means eating chicken tenders and like eating some ice cream or like sitting in your bed for an hour and watching a movie. It's stuff like that where it's like you have to pay attention to what your body needs and that takes a lot of self-reflection and understanding, which a lot of people don't have, but I believe everybody can embark on that journey. What TikTok or Instagram might tell you is healthy is like, oh, eating some green juice or like some hot water with lemon in it is not always a solution. Or taking a bubble bath, it might not always be what is necessarily healthy for you at that moment. And on that note, thank you so much for listening. Um, we hope that you got the... Um, most you can get out of this episode. If you want us to talk about any other topics, let us know. We got this amazing DM, which I do want to talk about before we wrap. But it's stuff like this. This is why we do what we do. You know, we get these messages that say, like, thank you so much for talking about this. Or I really related to this. And, like, this is why we're sitting here on a Monday doing this crap um, that we really, really love. Because we love you. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean crap in, like, the lovingest way. Not that I actually think this is crap. I think this is great. You know what I mean, guys. You know. Yeah. Yeah, she just gave us, like, a snippet of, like, her story and, like, how... Some episodes have helped her. I didn't, like, we do get DMs a lot about just, like, people's situations and, like, how certain episodes have, like, helped them get, like, a new perspective on things. So those are always super cute. Maybe you cry in my bed in the morning. So thank you for sending that because, like, obviously we talk to each other in, like, a wall and microphones, but we never really get to, like, have those conversations with people. So it's cool to think that, like, we are helping someone or, like, they have another friend that, like, understands what they're going through. So... That's super cute and whatever. So thank you. You know who you are. Thank you so much for reaching out. Um, and we love you. And as always, you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Crying in Public Podcast. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeart at Crying in Public Podcast as well. Or wherever you get your podcasts. We love you. Goodbye. Bye. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future especially when it comes to your finances. 
So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.